Hey everyone, welcome to Life and Things Podcast. This is Corinne and today I've got some real just interesting information, topics that it's been, you know, probably two weeks since I've been on here, so I've got a lot of things to talk about. So stick around. by talking a little bit about what I have been up to. It has been definitely a wild ride. So first of all, as most of you know, I have been unemployed for unforeseen reasons. And so now I've just been trying to figure out without having to relocate again, what I was going to do. So a couple things happened. First of all, I was contacted by a company who sells life insurance. Um, I met with them and decided that I was going to go ahead and get my life insurance um, and health insurance license to be an agent. It's been a fun ride. I've been studying for about two and a half weeks now, straight through, and my test is finally going to be tomorrow. So wish me luck. I hope I pass. Um, (laughs) Also, I have decided that I'm going to start doing some more fun things that I actually really, really enjoy doing, Um, one of which is creating some art pieces. And so I've recently opened an Etsy shop and have started creating things that I am now putting up in there. Um, Of course, that has been on hold now for about a week and a half or so since I have decided to just hardcore study and get this test over with before the holidays. Um, I also have opened up a little t-shirt shop where I'm putting little fun sayings and inspirational sayings on t-shirts and other clothing so that, um, you know, people have a, a place to find some inspiration. All right, so... Another fun thing that I've decided to start doing on these podcasts is to create a little thing called the Good News Human Spots. And this is where I talk about (laughs) just some really cool, fun, happy things that are going on in society right now that most of us probably have not heard because most of the things you see when you turn on the news is, is bad, nasty, and negative. So here it goes. Here's our Good News Spot. So... 
Um, with the company I'm going to be working with as an insurance agent, um, they put on an annual, this I guess is the second annual Make-A-Wish Foundation um, event. Um, ours was last night and it's now been postponed <laughs> to December because so many people ended up getting on this webinar hosting Wish Make-A-Wish Foundation, which they had like, um, you know, some just really cute videos of things that have been able to happen with the Make-A-Wish, especially with our company donating money. Um, so we crashed the system. There's just too many of us getting on and we crashed the system and they couldn't get it back up and running. So they are now going to have to go back through and, um, I guess they said they're going to have to upgrade the system and they're going to reschedule for December, probably right before Christmas. So that was fun and it was entertaining to see how many people were so thrilled to donate to the Make-A-Wish Foundation and if you hopefully are aware of what this is, but if you are not, Make-A-Wish Foundation is a, is a foundation that raises money so that children who are terminal are able to make one final wish as to what they want to do, have, or experience. And the Make-A-Wish Foundation takes that wish and makes it a reality with the money that they raise. So very cool foundation. I'm, I was really excited about it last night and I'll be really excited about it again in December. But one really good news, piece of news for you guys. The other one is kind of a kudos to a fantastic leader. You know, we don't have a lot of those. <laughs> so I thought I would definitely spotlight this leader, Sarah Blakely with um, Spanx. She's the CEO. And just recently, I think it was as of last month, and it's continuing because these people are now being able to do what, what she's given them to do. Um, because their company has been so profoundly successful and they've been able to make just so many strides and she even spoke about this because I watched I watched their little short when it first came out on LinkedIn um, when she first decided she wanted to create this company a lot of you know naysayers were like ah it'll never be successful ah you're gonna suck you know those kind of things and now they've become like this you know billion dollar company just doing fantastic things still not considered a really huge company but they're doing fantastic things and so the Spank CEO, Sarah Blakely, gave all of her employees first class plane tickets and $10,000 a piece to take a vacation anywhere in the world that they want to go. What an amazing thing to do. And how, what, what better way to show gratitude to the people who are making it happen on the floor, you know? I mean, not all of these people are, you know, directors or you know VPs of whatever these are people who are on the floor putting their sweat into making her products successful and so she shows gratitude not by being like oh here's a dinner or oh here's a hundred bucks to go spend at Walmart no she gives them ten thousand dollars and a first class plane tickets for them and one other person to go anywhere in the world and to really experience some really cool stuff. What an amazing human being that is. And it's going to be really hard to beat for any other corporation after she did that. <laughs> I'm just going to say that straight out. So 
An applaud for Sarah Blakely. Great job at being a great leader. News piece number two. There's a North Carolina dad, Peter, and I'm going to probably butcher this, so I'm apolog- I apologize in advance. Peter Mutabazi opens his home up to foster kids and is now completed an adoption of one of the kids who, you know, was out there by themselves without any father. And from what I read in the article, Peter Mutabazi was had the same experience as a kid. You know, he ran away from home, living in the streets, didn't have anybody, you know, and really kind of had to make his way on his own. Somehow figured out how to do that, which is absolutely amazing. And then once he gets his stuff together and he's on top of things, decides, you know what, I want to help other kids going through the same thing that I went through. And I want to, to give them a home that they deserve that they've not had the opportunity to have this far. And with all the broken homes out there, I mean, there's a lot of those kids out there. And if more of more of us who had our things together did this, can you imagine the impact that we would have? And he really, truly, I mean, that adopted child, Anthony, said, you know, really great things in this article about him. Like, hey, you know, he really understands me. I'm a teenager. He cares. He listens to me. And, you know, as a parent myself, I know that there are definitely days where I'm not listening (laughs) and I could do a way better job at that. And I'm sure most of us who are parents out there are like that as well. So just another really great first learning as a parent, but also just really great thing to hear that this dad who's not really even from the United States is here helping children find homes. Great, great story. Another story that I found was a woman meets her bone marrow donor. So Jensen was the name of this lady and she found out that she had leukemia. So devastating situation not a lot of people, I mean, it depends on what kind of leukemia I have, but you know, people die from this. And so she had this tragedy hit her life. And not everybody can be a donor for you, depending upon your blood type and all that. So, um, you know, and on top of that, you're put on this list, right? This list and you're just waiting <laughs> to get on top of the list and for someone to match you so that they can be a donor for you and it takes people wanting to go out there and donate this bone marrow right usually they try to start with people who are within your family because that's the best chance you got apparently that didn't work out for her so this guy um i think his name is uh tap he ended up being a match for her and donating and she was able to speak to him through webcam And they were able to talk and she was able to show her gratitude. And, you know, his statement in this was that, you know, I was raised to make sure that I I was helping people. So when, you know, when I found out I was a match for this, I was like, absolutely, I'm going to help you. It's not a fun procedure. I mean, bone marrow transplants, from what I've read about it, can be quite painful for the donor. (laughs) So... Uh, the fact that he just went ahead and did it, doesn't know this woman at all, and decides to go ahead and donate 
in hopes that he's going to help save this woman. Fantastic. Great human being. Great story. This woman's so lucky and even more lucky that she was able to talk to him and show her gratitude. Great story. My last one is a nurse, Lori Wood, meets this man, Pinkard, who happens to have autism. He's like 27 years old. He's got autism and she's a nurse. So Lori Wood's a nurse. She meets this man, Pinkard, who has autism and he is in desperate need of a heart transplant. Um, And Lori finds out that he's not qualified for getting this heart transplant for one reason and one reason only, and that's because he did not have a support system. So she goes ahead and decides that she's gonna bring him in and adopt this man so that she could be his support system and he could get this transplant done and live, right? What an amazing woman. What a great, amazing woman, this Lori Wood, who helps this man out. He's autistic. She didn't know him before this, but she goes ahead and she adopts the man, like legally adopts this man so that she could support him through the heart transplant. Amazing woman, amazing story. What a absolutely just heartfelt, amazing thing to do for humanity. So that is my last story um, with regards to the good news spots. Um, a little thing, I mean, I, you guys know that I have a website called thriveforwards.com. And on there, I write little articles and I also have a place where if you if you want to chat with me and you want to do a consultation, you know, I I'm also a certified life coach and I want to start doing that as often as I possibly can is helping other individuals through tough times or maybe just reaching a goal or whatever that happens to be. So anyways, go to my website, thriveforwards.com. And also on there is a link to my Etsy account as well as um, my (laughs) t-shirt creations. So there's those two things. On there also though, I I post articles. And even though I haven't been posting as often as I was, I have posted two articles. One was three days ago, one was today. The first one was, the past two weeks in a review, which kind of goes into a little bit more detail about um, my adventure of finding what I want to do in my life. So, you know, with the coaching, with the insurance sales, and just about this adventure and my thought process in all of this. And one of the points that I make is, you know, most of us are what, what I would consider normies. <laughs> normies who want like a regular nine to five job, you know, making whatever a company says um, we are worth. And I want to tell you that, you know, most, at least from what I've read, most people who make it and become very well off and become financially free from the system are there because of the fact they did not follow the normal 
regime. They did not go and get an education and then go out and find a nine to five job and try to walk, work their way up this corporate ladder. Um, but instead they decided to look and think outside the box. And so, you know, that's why I decided to do the insurance company. They've got this really cool platform, a great group of people, very supportive, though you're not really quite working for the company. You're still an independent agent broker, but they are helping you through this and you are making your money, they're making their money and we're working together. And it's, it's amazing. The reason why I became very, um, sure I wanted to do this with this company was because the two people who interviewed me, um, to see if they wanted to work with me too. Cause you know, it's kind of like a two way street cause they're going to be supporting me and figuring out what I'm doing <laughs> when I get out there. Um, you know, I've gone to all their webinars and stuff like that. And it's very just positive, um, pro de uh, leadership development for everybody in the whole company, because their hope is that they develop you into an agency owner. They want to create people who can own agencies. And I'll talk more about this as I, as I really start to learn more after I take my tests and I actually become part of the agency. Um, but one other thing I want to say is that, you know, there's something to say about finding clarity in your life and realizing that making money doesn't mean that you have to do it only from one employer. And it doesn't say that you even have to work for an employer. There are so many opportunities out there that people are finding. I mean, look at all the people who are making just absolutely immense amounts of money and being able to quit their nine to five through things like YouTube or, you know, I know that they have seen videos about drop shipping and having affiliates and, you know, just supporting other people. There's tons of people out there making money as life coaches who get these certifications, they're already pretty good at listening to people and wanting to help them. And they decide, you know, hey, this is something that really fulfills me. You know, and that's me, by the way. <laughs> it really fulfills me to listen to people and to help people, which is why I put that on my website as something that I want to do. And, you know, I'm hoping that that starts taking off as well. But what kind of hobbies do you have also? You know, what do you really, really enjoy doing? You know, one of those quotes that you hear all the time is, you know, when you found something that doesn't feel like work, then you've really found what you're, what you should be doing for the rest of your life, because you'll never work a day in your life if you love what you're doing. And it's true. So... So that's why I created the Etsy shop too, because you know what? I love making little cool things. I don't do a lot of it because I never had time, but now that I've had the time and I've actually created a few things and learned a few things, I'm like, Ooh, I can do this. And I want to put these out there for people. And it's just fun. Um, so there's the Etsy shop. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you really, there is limit limitless opportunities out there for you. And the biggest piece of finding these limitless opportunities is stopping our minds from telling us that we cannot do it. You know, we limit ourselves by what we think of what we are capable of. 
And the people who break through that barrier and stop themselves from telling themselves they can't do something or they're not good enough or they'll never make money at this or, you know, whatever. Those people who break through that barrier are the ones who are truly happy in life because they're doing what they love and they're not naysaying themselves. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be naysayers out there in all walks of your life, whether it be family, friends, um, old colleagues that you've worked with who are like, oh, this person's ridiculous. Don't listen to them because none of them can tell you what you are capable of. The only person who can do that is you through your belief systems. So if you want to tell yourself over and over again that I can do this, I can make a million dollars, I can create a company, I can develop this product or, you know, whatever it is, I can coach these people, I can create that, um, that educational piece on the web that I'm going to make money off of. I'm going to write that book. If you're the one telling yourself that you will do these things and that you can do them, it'll happen. 100% it will happen. And that's where vision boards come in. Vision boards are amazing ways for you to tell yourself what you want to do. And then because you put it in a place where you look at it all the time, your brain just kind of somehow without you even knowing it, starts pushing you in the direction of getting those things accomplished because it's right there. And you're seeing the pictures you put on that vision board every day and before you know it doesn't even feel like work. Another great place to put this information is on your mirror that you stand in front of every single morning. Uh, I read once that people would put how much money they wanted to make with some form of a, you know, timeline. So let's say you want to make a million dollars in two years. They would write that up on their mirror with like lipstick or, you know, whatever, something washable, obviously. And then every single day they would see this dollar sign with the quantity that they want. And over time, they would find that they were getting closer and closer to that goal. Maybe it's that you want to have a savings account with $20,000 in it by the end of, you know, 2023. You know, write that number up there. Save $20,000, 2023. See it every single day on your mirror and guaranteed you're going to, your brain will automatically start making you make, take the steps. It'll start making you take those steps to get to that goal because you're seeing it every day and you know that's what you want and it won't even feel like a difficult thing when you look at it at the very beginning you're like oh geez how am I ever going to do this somehow it works out though every single time it always works out you get what it is you ask for and faith has a lot to do with that And people who have faith in a higher power tend to even be better at doing this, you know? So build your faith in the higher power. I'm not going to sit there and say a denomination of, you know, Christianity or this or that. Who cares? Build your faith. Have faith in yourself as well that you can accomplish the things that you put out to do. And guaranteed it, it will happen. It'll happen. And you won't even feel like it's work. All right, so here is the last part, and this is kind of fun 
Um, at least I thought it was kind of fun. <laughs> you hear all these people going down these massive rabbit holes, right? And by the way, I was raised massive science fiction person. You know, I watched all of the science fiction movies. I also happen to be a big reader of science fiction books. It's just something that I enjoy doing. The excitement, the, the drama, the adventures, you know, all those things that go on in science fiction. And of course, sometimes there's aliens or, you know, this or that, you know, there's all kinds of things. So I decided to go ahead and go down this rabbit hole because it happened to present itself to me. So I wrote an article called Dark Winter, science fiction thriller, or is it? Dun, dun, dun. So what was this article about? Let me tell you. <laughs> so I was kind of perusing around or browsing around YouTube one day this week. I think it was like Tuesday, maybe. Yeah, Tuesday night. And I find this one thing pop up on my feed that said Operation Dark Winter. And I was like, huh, interesting. I'm like, why do I keep hearing the words dark winter everywhere? I mean, it's all, it's happening a lot. People are talking about, this is going to be a dark winter, guys. It's going to be a dark winter. You know, we've already been through two years of absolute craziness. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to search this one because, you know, I even heard it out of President Biden's mouth where he said it was going to be a dark winter. And I'm like, eh, I got to finally look this up and just find out what the heck this is. So the video title had in it something Operation Dark Winter. I don't remember who the YouTuber was. I didn't actually open the video. I didn't watch the video. I just took that and I ran with it, <laughs> went over to Google and I typed in Operation Dark Winter. And to my surprise, it was in Wikipedia. Now, I know that anybody can really write on Wikipedia, so it could be a bunch of, you know, bull. But, you know, what came up on Wikipedia was Operation Dark Winter, Wikipedia. And in short, it says that Operation Dark Winter was a bioterrorist simulation that was put on by the government in our country on June of 2021. Sorry, 2021. Psh, no, in June of 2001. And it was put on by our country in the United States. And it happened to be right before September 11th, the terror attack. Anyway, so what did this stimulate simulation have in it? It was basically that smallpox in the simulation was released in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, as well as Pennsylvania and Georgia. And they don't mention any specific cities in Pennsylvania or Georgia. And they said that the goal of this simulation was to find out what our weaknesses in our country was in the event that this would, would happen so that they could better tackle the event. So I found this interesting. Why would they suddenly be talking about this now when this simulation happened all the way back in 2001? 2001. So, of course, I decided to do another Google search, this time on smallpox. And I looked up smallpox in the news. And here's what it came up. These are the actual names of the articles that came up. Lab worker discovers frozen vials labeled smallpox in freezer. 
The next one, vials labeled smallpox found in Montgomery County Merck facility. The next one, Bill Gates warns of smallpox terror attack and seeks funding for research. So is it just me or does Bill Gates come up a lot when it comes to these microbiological things? And I thought he was like a computer guy. (laughs) So I decided to go ahead and Google him. And event event 201 came up, which was another simulation. And this one was with regards to a pandemic. And it was done in October of 2019, which was literally right before we went into a pandemic, into the current pandemic we're still in. So on the event 201 site, which I also have linked on this article, because just this whole thing was crazy. It says this specific thing in the text. So this is a quote, similar to the center's three previous exercises, Clade X, Dark Winter, and Atlantic Storm, Event 201 aims to educate senior leaders at the highest level of the U.S. and international governments and leaders in global industries. So, what occurred during our our current pandemic kind of leads you to believe that, you know, they didn't really figure too much out or they didn't follow their own whatevers, you know? I mean... It didn't say a whole lot about what, I mean, actually, yeah, it did. It said like all kinds of stuff about what they learned about the economic, how, you know, how they're going to have to handle the media and all this other stuff. So event 201 went into a lot of detail as to what their take homes were. And yet, even with all the take homes that they had, they still did not seem to learn how to help stop any economic devastation. And they also somehow made some quite ridiculous errors like sticking sick people in nursing homes. So I thought that was kind of laughable moving forward. Okay, so I decided to go ahead and look at the other two exercises that I've also never heard of. And so that was Event Clade X, which occurred on May of 2008 or 2018. So in May of 2018, they put on the exercise Clade X. And it doesn't really say much about what the event entailed, where it was located or anything like that on the website. But it did say, again, another quote that I literally copied and pasted was key takeaways from Clade X will educate senior leaders at the highest level of the U.S. government, as well as members of the global policy and preparedness community and the general public. So in 2018, they did this Cladex event. I have no idea what it was about, but probably something microbiological again, that they were hoping that they would not only educate the highest leaders in the U.S. government, but also all the way down to the general public And I don't know about you, but I've never heard of this thing before. So I don't feel like I even had any preparation at all (laughs) by this event, Cladex, that they never told us about. So then there was event Atlantic Storm. And here's a quick summary on this one that was put on again by our government. And it was an exercise. And you can find it on the government website. I put the little link there. Looks like I forgot to put the one from Clade X, so I'll go back and do that. So on 
So the, here's here's the scenario. Ready? On the 14th of January in 2005, 10 heads of government from Europe and North America and the Director General of the World Health Organization were scheduled to meet for a transatlantic security summit in Washington, D.C., USA, to discuss the threat of international terrorism. On the eve of the meeting, news broke out that citizens from several European countries appeared to have become ill with smallpox. Shortly thereafter, suspected smallpox cases appeared in the U.S. Although the assembled leaders did not know at the time, a radical terrorist group had obtained seed strains of variola major, the virus causing smallpox, and deliberately released the virus in a number of main transport hubs and sites of commerce throughout Europe and North America. On 14th of January, the heads of the states who gathered in Washington were confronted with one of the worst nightmares imaginable, the use of a contagious and deadly disease as a weapon. Now, just so that I can remind you guys, this is only an exercise that was put on. So companies all over the, the world do these exact same type of things. Um, they call it food defense. <laughs> so um, I've been a part of, of something not quite this profound, but like smaller little like, oh, somebody broke into our company and put something in our food. What do we do about it? And they do these exercises just so that they can see and know ahead of time how they will handle all these different events. And it's required by the food industry specifically to do these events so that you are more prepared in the event that something crazy were to happen. So anyways, a little bit more about smallpox, just because, you know, I'm a nerd that happened to be a biology student um, back in school. And I also did a lot of research on micro because it happened to be my big thing back then. So chicken pox is like, or smallpox is like chicken pox on steroids. It literally covers the whole body with these pus filled pox that are in the mouth, the throat, all over the outside of the body, and Lord knows where else inside the body. So there are two different types of smallpox. Variola minor, which, you know, if that were to, an outbreak of that were to happen, 1% of the victims would die. And then there's the variola major, which happens to be the one that they talked about in this event. Variola major, in an outbreak would kill about 30% of the victims. So just to put this in perspective, in this scenario, the Atlantic storm, which was put on by our government as an exercise for them to come up with how they would handle these situations if they were to occur, 30% of the victims would die. And if it became a worldwide pandemic, like let's say COVID-19, it would kill roughly 2.3 billion people out of the world population of 7.8 billion people. So for those who, and I just want to cover this, for those who say, A, yeah, but we vaccinated against this. Um, another quick fun fact that I'd like to put out there, which was from the CDC's website, Vaccine Basics for Smallpox. It says routine smallpox vaccinations among American public stopped in 1972 after the disease was eradicated in the United States. So let's move a little bit further through this and let's see what else we can dig up, right? 
Actually, I didn't have to dig anything up for this one because I just remembered this from 2019 because it was like literally, again, right before the pandemic. You know, and I'm a nerd. So here we go. There was, in September of 2019, an explosion at a Russian lab. So I, in my article that I wrote, I also linked this article, Explosion at Russian Lab Known for Housing Smallpox Virus, was the title of this, and I believe it was CNN, a CNN report. Anyways, regardless, there was others also that I could have posted in there, but this just happened to be the first one that I found. So that is what happened in 2019. Again, right before the pandemic, it was in September 2019 that this explosion occurred. So in case you don't know, which most people don't, and I don't think I did, I don't even know if I knew this until after this explosion happened, when people started talking about it on the news and how this was one of two labs in existence that holds some of the world's deadliest microorganisms. So that Russian lab that exploded is one of those labs that holds the deadliest microorganisms, but also the CDC in Georgia, which we, I think most people in the United States knew this. So I don't remember them ever telling us either at the end of this whole thing, so I'm going to have to look into this further, but I don't remember them telling us what caused the explosion or, and this is the bigger bigger problem, or <laughs> the biggest fun fact, is that I don't remember them ever telling us that they had accounted for everything that was in that lab. But it happened to be where they housed smallpox. So... Before the vials were found and prior to the most recent Bill Gates asking for money thing, you know, to do more research on deadly diseases because apparently this computer whiz also knows a lot about bacteria and viruses. So there was this docudrama that was created or I don't remember, I don't know really when it was created. I just know that it was posted on YouTube September of 2021. And if you're, if you're a documentary junkie, which I'm not going to, it depends on what the, the documentary is for me, but I do watch a lot of different documentaries lately. This one was called Smallpox 2002 Silent Weapon. <laughs> you can find it on YouTube. Anyways, it's a, they call it a docudrama because it's kind of like a science fiction documentary. So it's what scientists would think would happen if an outbreak were to happen as of 2002 and you know with the population where it is it's and and transportation and all that stuff which we learned really quickly with you know covid so anyway so many interesting things i kind of ended that article with this fun little joking thing saying not to worry though <laughs> they've got those events to protect us Anyway, so this was just a fun little article that I wrote, and, it, and not to scare anybody or anything, but, you know, I can totally see how these people, you know, hear information, do a Google search, find all this other information, how that can quickly just turn into this, like, really huge rabbit hole event um, that a lot of people call conspiracy theories or tin hatters or um, just crazy, I guess. A lot of these people are just called plain old crazy. So this is my first time really deciding to kind of like dig through that without, you know, I mean, and it really, it didn't take any time at all. That's the crazy part. Like I was able to create this entire timeline 
in maybe an hour total. I mean, it really wasn't long at all. It was crazy. So anyways, if you want to read that, that's on my website. It's called Dark Winter Science Fiction Thriller. Or is it? I mean, seriously, though, can you imagine what kind of books we can create just from looking at the news and just going down these rabbit holes? You could become like a science fiction thriller, like just star. (laughs) If I was able to do this, anyone could do this. So anyways, that was that was that fun thing. I hope that you've enjoyed this. (laughs) Please go ahead and you know, go to my website, Thrive Forward, thriveforwards.com. And I hope that this was at least entertaining for you. Um, I hope that those good news spots that I put up there today or that I spoke of today make you feel good and make you see that, hey, not everything's negative. There's some really cool stuff still happening in the world. And also believe in yourself because you can do anything that you put your mind to and I don't care what anyone else says stop letting them affect you because they don't matter at the end of the day what matters is what you think and what you're capable of so focus on that develop yourself spend time figuring out what it is you really love doing and figure out how to make money doing it because hey wouldn't that be a cool thing to do for the rest of your life is something you really freaking love doing and you're making money at it like that's a win-win that's a win-win. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed this and I will be back hopefully next week with my license to go ahead and tell you how that went. (laughs) And I'll keep you up to date on all the things that I've got going on right now in my life. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. So enjoy the rest of your week and I hope that everyone has a blessed week. Bye.